This is episode number 219 with my best friend, Julio Delgado. Welcome to the Practical Christian Podcast. My name is Travis Albritton, your friendly neighborhood Bible teacher. Each week, we'll dive into the tips, tricks, and hacks that you can implement in your daily life to become a more effective Christian. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let's jump into your daily dose of practical Christian training. You know, over the last 13 years, almost 13 years now, as a Christian, I've had the opportunity to meet some of the most amazing people, you know, people that are really just angels walking among us that, you know, live humbly and and just are great servants and have great hearts that uh, they don't necessarily get the limelight all the time, but are just incredible people that just amaze and astound me. And then in that group of, of people, there are a handful of those relationships that I would really call life-changing, you know, or worthy of best friend status. And today I have the privilege of introducing most of you to, you know, one of the most spiritual men that I've ever met, my best friend, Julio. Uh, and what's really cool is we go way back to when we were both very young Christians. Um, I was actually a part of the ministry that he was uh, converted in. And so we go all the way back to the beginning and, um, some of the things that we talk about are kind of our experience kind of maturing together as baby Christians and kind of coming into our own. Um, but then there are particular things that I wanted to pick Julio's brain on uh, because he has some really unique experiences that not many of us uh, have had. For instance, right after he graduated from college, Julio moved to a nearby city with his wife to begin leading a small group of people, you know, to begin leading a house church, really trying to to build something and create something uh, where there wasn't really a, a lot of foundation laid yet. And and that's a really just a hard place to be in when it's all on you to, to try and make everything happen. Um, and he offers some really great insights, some really incredible uh, insights for any Christians that find themselves in a really tiny church or a really small ministry that are kind of feeling the weight of that. Uh, so definitely, definitely uh, pay attention to that part of the interview. And then uh, I also try and kind of chip away at the, the humility that he has to try and get to the bottom of why he's so awesome. And I, I had a moderate amount of success, but uh, Julio is, is very uh, just just incredible uh, person and an incredibly humble uh, brother. And I'm just grateful that I get to share his heart with you and that you get to hear his story today on the podcast. Now, I do want to reiterate how much I appreciate everyone that supports me on Patreon. Like you guys are the fuel that keeps this podcast going, you know, whether it's Anne, Trey, Glenn, Julio, Travis, Danny, Rachel, Mark, Michelle, Graham, Trish, and everyone else. Just thank you so, so much for supporting the podcast. And if you're listening to this episode and, and you've really come to appreciate this podcast and it's really made an impact on you, uh, I would be just flattered and just so honored if you would consider supporting this podcast on a monthly basis to just help it keep keep it free for everyone to enjoy and to allow me to continue to reinvest in the podcast to make it better and better moving forward. So if that's something you're interested in or if you want to learn more about that and what that would look like, all you have to do is go to patreon.com forward slash practical Christian podcast and I'll leave a link in the episode notes as well. But without further ado, here's my conversation with Julio Delgado.
we're going to start at the beginning. Um, I would, I've actually not heard this story in a long time. I'm mm-hmm. not sure if I ever have heard this story in its entirety. Mm-hmm. But uh, your conversion story. Okay. So, like, going back to, like, pagan Julio, living large at Auburn University. Yep. To the point where you're like, all right, well, I'm going to make Jesus Lord and then, and then following through on it. Just kind of awesome. kind of take me through that whole that whole journey. All right. Well, th- this is good. I, I'm usually, um, if I'm in a Bible study, it's like this balance of I'm trying to truncate my story. Um, but I'm going to give you I'll give you a good 25 cent version of it. Um, so essentially, uh, you know, I'm Latino, uh, Julio Delgado, and uh, my family grew up uh, Catholic. And uh, essentially, we, you know, we would go to church and uh, typical thing. You know, I at seven years old, I did my first communion. At fifteen, I was confirmed within the Catholic Church, and um, you know, I just really was following along with what my parents, you know, did. They wanted me to go to church, so I would go to church. Um, in high school, that's when really I started kind of exploring outside of kind of what I had grown up with, and um, and it started with a girl. So my girlfriend at the time in high school. You know, she uh, she went to um, a Baptist church, and so it was this this church that I started going to, and that was one of the first times I probably experienced um, like those spiritual retreat camps. And so, you know, they would go and basically have an altar call and say, you know, after a really awesome message and hearing some awesome songs, you would come down and say, "Hey, do you want to, you know, make Jesus Lord, pray Him into your heart." And I remember going to those and just feeling really emotional about, you know, my relationship with God and and what I needed to change. And so I remember specifically that, you know, it was one of those times where I'm like, I I need to do something about this. And so, you know, I was probably, I was 18 at the time. And I remember I went back to the Baptist church and um, they had an altar call and I was like, I'm doing it. I'm going for it. And the thing is, though, you know, I went and, you know, I I knew the pastor already because I had been going there for a couple years, but he, you know, he asked me, do you want to do this? And I'm like, yes, I do. And, uh, you know, and that was it. That was pretty much it. And so I I actually ended up, you know, we scheduled a follow-up time after that to to get baptized. And, and, you know, and I did. And so that was the start of you know, even me seeking God and having a relationship with Him. But the thing was, and what's plagued me even, um, you know, as I got into college was that um, for the longest time, I was really living like a double life. So I think, um, you know, in high school, it's like, you know, your parents have a bunch of rules and you feel like that that's kind of cramping your style, restricting your freedom. And so in high school, for me, the thing was, going to parties, underage drinking, and, um, you know, just trying to really live it up. And and, uh, with my girlfriend at the time, just trying to be, you know, pursue immoral things and pure things. And and so to me, that that was the problem is that, you know, in church, I was one way. And like, I would go to those spiritual retreats and feel an emotional decision of, I want to follow Jesus. I want to be a good person. But when it came down to it, you know, I was really, you know, I, I still want to party. I still want to go, you know, and pursue my relationship with my girlfriend. And, uh, 
And the thing is, like, when I got to college, man, it's like uh, it was a multiplier effect because uh, my parents, you know, they thought, you know, I needed my own condo uh, for myself. And so for the first year of college, I I went to Auburn and, uh, man, I was just by myself. You know, parents got me this condo and essentially I, I got to send it up. Um, I got to do what I want. I got to, you know, have people over, throw my own parties, go to parties. And so, you know, for especially, I think, those first two years of college, I was just lost. Just really, um, just, you know, going through and, you know, whatever I wanted to do, I could do. And it wasn't until, though, I actually met uh, this this girl named Jessica. Uh, she becomes important later on in the story. It's a little foreshadowing for a you. Little, a little yeah. foreshadowing. And... Uh, <laughs> And so, actually, we had a mutual friend. We went to a, a bar together, and it was her birthday. And, you know, in the bar, she's just telling me, hey, um, don't you feel bad for being here? And at the time, you know, I, I no, I did not feel bad. And I was like, <laughs> why are you even bringing that question up? And so, um, she actually started sharing that she was, you know, in these Bible studies and was looking at getting baptized. And I was like, that's great. You know, I did that. Um, you know, back before I even came to college. And um, and it's funny, you know, I didn't see her again after that night. And it wasn't until a few months later, she, she kind of reached back out to me through Facebook and basically started inviting me out to church. And I was like, this is interesting. Like, I've, this is kind of weird. I've never really had that um, kind of follow up. And, um, and I just thought like, you know, maybe, maybe she likes me. And, um, and I remember for a while, we, we would be going back and forth where she would invite me to church and I would try to be inviting her to go to a party. And so it was it was just this battle. And eventually, you know, I think I just came to the realization um, that this lifestyle I was living, I, I wanted to change. Because I remember one of the nights um, after a lot, a lot of drinking and, you know, I remember crying out to God saying, God, like, if you could just put someone in my life that would help me to get connected with you and to, to make it back to, to going to church even because I had stopped altogether. And so and it took me a few months, but I finally realized, I think God is trying to work through this this girl named Jessica. And so that gave me enough, um, I guess, courage, faith um, to go and just start going to church. And um, I remember meeting the guys there at the time, some folks in Auburn, Alabama, and uh and I really just got to, you know, get reintroduced into, you know, what the Bible says, uh, how we should live. And um, it wasn't for a while, though, until I actually started getting into a personal Bible study for myself. Um, we actually had a, um, a campus minister that was only only there for a semester. Uh, his name's Sherwood, uh, John Sherwood. And essentially, um, I just really appreciate him in hindsight, because at the time, you know, you know, he offered to to get into personal Bible studies with me, and I just remember going into this thing, not really having a clue what what it was about, but uh, just thinking that, um, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. I think it's gonna help me in my relationship with God. And I remember the very first day um, that we met, he uh, met up. He said, uh, you know, what do you want to get out of this? And I'm like, well, you know, I think I'm good, but you know, I'd like to help other people. And so for me, like, that was just, 
the beginning of just how oblivious I was to like where I was spiritually. Hmm. Um, like I was thinking like, you know what, you know, this is not really about me. I don't really need this. It's maybe I can help other people if I can learn more about the Bible. And so, um, what I really appreciated about these studies was that they, they really challenged me to look critically at the scriptures and apply them to my life. And like for the first time, you know, I felt like in my life, um, I was probably about 20 at the time. Um, you know, I felt like God really um, was was revealing himself to me and that it was my decision to follow him. It wasn't, you know, my parents or, or you know, something else, but it, it was really me. Was I going to decide to follow, follow Jesus, follow God, obey the scriptures? And so um, it took me a while. I think I studied for a few months and I was definitely hard-headed. There's times where, you know, I felt like my personal pride was being attacked, like my manhood, and um, and and I kind of just blamed, you know, the the brothers that were studying with me. I'm like, you know, who are you to to call me out when really I was just really convicted um, through the scriptures and really just not wanting to deal with my sin. But um, I think the real turning point for me and and the whole process was that um, for a while, you know, I had thought about Christianity and and a relationship with God is something that's really hard to do. Like, uh, uh, you know, I had even, you know, gone to a Catholic church, a Baptist church, and I had tried to pursue God, but it seemed like I could never, like, ditch this, like, nagging double life or falling short um, of the Bible and, and the standards. And um, and I remember for me the biggest turning point was... Um, crying out to God and really asking him, you know, God, like, I can't do this on my own. The only way I'm going to do it is if, uh, if you're there with me every step of the way. And for me, that was a big deal because, um, it just showed me that like, you know, it didn't depend on me, that God was going to provide people, um, you know, encouragement, scriptures, whatever it took to keep me faithful, to keep me, uh, growing. And, uh, for me, it wasn't until, really that turning point. And I remember at the time I was reading uh, Psalm 51, where David is, you know, crying out for a new heart and uh, uh, a new spirit and, and just just purity. And, um, and so I think like that, after God um, just really revealed that to me, that, that he was going to be with me, I actually um, had stopped studying the Bible for a while and um, just stopped going to church for a while as well. I actually came back. Uh, that was, and it's a funny story. I that was during spring break, and so it was like I studied the Bible before spring break, got challenged on some things, and and so I was like, all right, I'm done with you guys. You know, I'm not going to church. I'm done with these studies, and I went to spring break. I uh, actually went to um, this casino down in Biloxi, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get away. I'm going to go try to party, and I'm going to go gamble, and it really was just a humbling experience. You know, I lost my my college spending money and uh, got pretty <laughs> bummed out. But, That'll uh, happen at a casino, you know? Yeah. So I thought I could beat the house. It didn't work. Um, and so I remember coming back after that and really wrestling with that, with that question of, you know, am I going to follow God and could I do it? And so I remember coming back and after realizing that God would be with me, um, I just came back to church and finished my studies. It took me a few days actually after that and I actually got baptized and April twelfth, two thousand nine. So, it's been a, it's been an awesome wild ride since then. Do you even? 
like I know for me personally, whenever I look back at my life before I was a Christian, because I'm coming up on 13 years this May, mm-hmm. it's like I don't even recognize that person anymore. Like I know that like that was me, because you know those are my memories. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's like I don't even like like it feels so alien to me as I look back. I'm like, what was I doing? Why did I think that was a good idea? <laughs> You know, following my own advice, and right, my own right, desires, right? Um, and and so, part of me is like, I, I feel like that was a totally different person than I am. Do you feel? Do you feel similar if you look back, like compared to to kind of where God has brought you? Yeah, I think in some ways, I definitely feel like you know, who is that person? Um, you know, pre Christ, and um, but I think too, a lot of ways is also just you know different stages of life where I was at, you know, I was, um, you know, early 20, 20 actually, and, uh, or late teens and really trying to figure my life out and kind of what's my identity and what's it going to be. And so I think like, you know, compared to where I'm at now, I definitely, I think I'd be in totally different place, but yeah, it, it does feel, you know, pretty foreign sometimes that like, man, where was my head at? Um, back then so yeah i know for me so so i definitely feel that way i feel like that that knucklehead back there if i could just go and teach him what's what then maybe my life would have been a lot easier before i was a christian um but then i also you know from time to time the longer you're a christian the more it just kind of becomes normal and you it's easy to lose touch with like how badly you need jesus mm-hmm. right because you'll have days where i don't really know I'm pretty sure I sinned today, but it's not, like, obvious that I sinned today. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't punch somebody in the face. I didn't cuss somebody out in road rage, yeah. you know. And so you, you start to, like, lose attachment to right. the transformation that happened right. earlier on in your life. Right. Um, do you experience that? And then, then if you do, like, what are some things that you try to do to to remind my, remind yourself how badly you really do need Jesus? Well, I think, like... I feel like I still remember um, a lot of how the things that I used to do, um, just because they were definitely, I feel like some of them etched in my mind. And so, like, I remember, like, the depths of where I came from. But I think the thing that changes, especially the longer I'm a Christian, is sometimes I can get, um, because, you know, when you first become a Christian, you're you're very excited. You just got to out of the waters of baptism and you feel like you can take on the world, you know, you want to share your faith with everybody, but it's like over time, I think, you know, the scriptures talk about it, that the cares and worries of this life kind of start to creep back in and we can even, you know, our heart can get hard again. And, um, to the point where you're like, you know, why am I doing this? And, and you, and you forget that, you know, how, how awesome it was and how, you know, how bad it was before Jesus and how you really, there is no other way. And you've actually tried the other way uh, for a while and, and you realize um, that it is bad. Um, and so I think for me, yeah, it's like I got to keep remembering where I came from, but I also got to keep my heart soft. And um, and I think for me, some of the things that I, that I just think about is that Romans 12 too, how we're a living sacrifice. And the thing is that, you know, we got to continue to to make sacrifices and continue to exercise our faith because I think, um, you know, if we just sit back and be like, well, you know, I'm a lot better person than I was uh, when I was a 
when I first be uh, before I became a disciple, um, you know that's that's fine. And I think if we just kick back and sit back and not do anything uh, with our faith, then we're really, you know, we get stale. And so I think for me is is continuing to grow, continue to push my faith. You know, you know, yeah, it was cool uh, when I first became a Christian to to maybe say, you know, I read the Bible through one time. But now, you know, 10 years into the faith, you know, I need to know it even more. I need to go even deeper. Like, there, I need to push myself and really challenge myself because, you know, it's like um, when we were a child, we thought like a child. But when we became a man, you know, we need to think like a man. And so I think there's this expectation of we got to be maturing. We got to keep going. And so... I don't know. I'm kind of. I think I'm rambling, but that's just my thought. That was thoughts. all good stuff, though, man. It's, yeah. If it's a good ramble, that, that's that's <laughs> wonderful. No, I I've always looked up to you uh, and your humility. Like that's something that I've I really struggle with personally. Um, is pride and arrogance and self seeking and and you know if if you wrestle with those things, then it's not nearly as obvious. Thank you, Hazel, for that commentary. <laughs> Probably here in the background. <laughs> um. And so, so what I love about our, our story and kind of how we've been interwoven since the beginning is, you know, I, I was a part of that campus ministry with our mutual Viking friend, John Sherwood. Mm-hmm. That was, that was back when he was training for Ironmans. That's and, right. And that's right. Working at a gym as a bodybuilder. So, you know, pretty imposing fi- figure. If you, if you can study the Bible with that man, then, <laughs> you know, you, you've got some rock solid convictions because he'll, he'll convict the tar out of you. John, if you're listening, love you, brother. Um, but uh, but I remember just so many cool things that we did that that first oh, yeah, year for sure. After you became a disciple, and and we were just kind of just doing everything together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember, I don't know if you remember this conversation. Like we had, I don't know if we met at the the student union or at a Starbucks or something, and we had like a like a like a Jedi Padawan conversation. And I don't know why I felt qualified to to, mm-hmm. to 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 put this forward but i was like julio i want to teach you everything i know uh, yeah remember, yeah remember i remember that <laughs> and and i think i have a follow-up story for it go go so so i'll tell my story first <laughs> yeah so i remember that i remember thinking like man i've learned so i've been a i've been a christian for three years i know everything <laughs> therefore i should impart all of this wisdom to uh to julio uh, it definitely helped that we were already buddies and like we already knew each other and stuff. But, mm-hmm. but, uh, and, and, amen. God worked through some of my arrogance and, and, you know, pride. And I think, I think you learned a couple things. Uh, yeah. and I might have as well. But, um, but, you know, I just remember that kind of being the dynamic of our relationship initially until probably a year into it when, you know, we, it wasn't like a me training you relationship. It was more like we were on equal footing as yeah. peers and equals, like right. working striving alongside one another. But I'm really curious what your, your follow-up story is. Well, no, I'll even... Um, so one of the things I do remember, um, especially from that time, is because I have a journal from it. Uh, so, you know, I had become a, a Christian in, in April. And um, before we went away uh, for the Thanksgiving break, that follow-on um, fall semester for, of that same year, I remember Travis just giving me a journal. And he's like, hey, bro, this is a prayer journal. I want you to put prayers, you know, big dreams that you have in this thing. And, um, you know, I I don't know if he really thought, you know, I was going to do it or how much it was going to help. But honestly, 
I think some of those things that we talked about and really, you know, convictions of, you know, how are you going to um, prepare to fight spiritually, to stay spiritual during times of, of break? You know, when, you, when you're off on Christmas break or fall break, I think have stuck with me uh, since since that very first time. And I think even now to this day, I still journal. I still have that journal and I've been writing things in it. Um, I write down, you know, prayers that I have. And, and it's so cool because it, it builds my faith to this day because I've been able to see, um, even now I can go pick up that journal and read, you know, what was going through my mind? What were my prayers like um, when I had first become a Christian? And to me, it's so encouraging to, it helps me to remember where I was at, where, that joy, that zeal that I had. And so I think there were some great things I definitely learned from Travis. Um, I think on the other part, you know, I was just eager and it wasn't, I, I just tried to stay, you know, where it's not about me or, or who knows the most, but it's like whatever and whenever is going to help me uh, to get closer to God, I'm, I'm down for it. And so, you know, I definitely, I appreciate, always appreciate what Travis definitely shared with me. <laughs> well, thanks, man. It means a lot. I'm, I'm glad that it was effective. I'm glad it was helpful. And that's cool. I didn't know that you still had that, had that journal. That, oh, uh, yes. That we, oh, yes. That's so cool, man. Yep. That's cool. I think, uh, so re- recently, you and, and your wife, Jessica, same Jessica, that, <laughs> that reached out to you and invited you to church, um, moved to Jacksonville. That's right. Uh, you took a job here, and um, I, w- I had the pleasure of introducing you kind of to the church. We do these little segments where we interview couples in the church so like mm-hmm. people can get to know them. So I had the pleasure of interviewing you, and I just asked, not knowing what the answer would be, your your favorite memory of the three of us in campus, yeah. of me, you, and Jessica. Um, and I loved Jessica's answer, because <laughs> it came out of left field, and I, I had totally forgotten about this. Oh, yeah. But do you want to tell the story of Tiberius? Oh, well, so, so and, and, and make sure I have my story straight, so I need my wife here to set my facts facts straight but i think um tiberius is like uh we we got a poster right and um we're like because i'm in this condo it's just me and travis he's my roommate at this point and uh and we're like we need to decorate you know it's it's pretty bland and uh, i remember getting a a picture of this tiger because obviously you know it was a beautiful poster work of art you know a nature photographer (laughs) probably like two bucks from the the local uh like bookshop (laughs) yeah but uh, and so we're like, man, this this is this is awesome. Let's frame it. Let's put it up. You know, let's let's decorate it. And um, I remember putting it up, and I think we had it at the bottom of the stairs. Where so every time we would come down, Tiberius would be there, just staring at us. And it was right at the front door. So it was the first thing you saw when you walked in this condo was this framed poster of a tiger on the wall. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, and I think I even remember. Um, and I can't remember why we chose the name Tiberius, but I think I remember saying, we, we were like making a promise, like, you know what, you know, if you have a son first or I have a son first, like, we're going to name him Tiberius. <laughs> and I was like, okay, Travis. <laughs> that sounds something like like 20-year-old Travis would say. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, we didn't keep that packed, and our wives are probably grateful for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, w- I went with a different name for my firstborn. That's smart. A more a more biblical name. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we did have some time in Auburn. Uh, I think 
it was around three years or so we were mm-hmm. there together yep um and over the course of that really became great friends yep i eventually left to go and uh and pursue my full-time ministry dreams which fizzled out quickly but they were at least exciting while it lasted <laughs> and then uh not soon after that um you and and jessica moved to montgomery alabama right it's like 45 minutes to an hour down the road from auburn where the main church was mm-hmm. and and for what i remember like the, the real intent was to create some sort of consistent meeting group yep. in that yep. city with with the the dream and the vision being that this can become a house church that can you know prayerfully grow into mm-hmm. you know a, a larger congregation um so walk me through like what that was like when when you kind of got clued in this is the plan and you know they're really looking to me and Jessica to to really step up and lead this group yep you know what were some of the things early on that you uh were both excited about but then also kind of you know hesitant like I'm not really sure how this is going to work or if I'm going to be able yeah. to be successful like just kind of walk me through well your I want to say and and maybe I want to give a plug for um slash uh, dreaming having vision and even even going to conferences right so sometimes conferences can be a thing where you know you go and you realize that you know what like god is so much bigger than maybe my just my life right now and this job routine that i have and so i i definitely appreciate the time in campus and going to conferences and, and just people that you know influence me to just just have vision for stuff like this so to realize that like Man, we're we're disciples of Christ. We have God living in us and you know, God can use us wherever we're at. And so I think um it was it was kind of a uh, uh I wouldn't say accident, but it wasn't the first intention or thought uh, that I had when I first uh, went to Montgomery. And actually it was actually a very hard year for me just um, you know, my, actually my family got divorced, my parents got divorced and that was a big falling out just right at the beginning of that year, because that was years transitioning from, uh, from college and being around brothers all the time to, you know, it's just me, I have an apartment and I'm starting this new job, uh, in Montgomery, Alabama. But I think that's the thing is that like, you know, God can use us, you know, in, in our weaknesses, you know, uh, his strength becomes obvious. And so I think, um, like, I don't know, I just, I just had the desire to say, God, I want to be used where I'm at. Um, you know, even though my life feels so messed up right now, I still want to be used by you. And it's funny, um, you know, those daily steps, those faith steps where, um, I had a brother, um, uh, his name is Ernest. Uh, if he's, if he ever listens to this, uh, shout out to him. But, uh, you know, he calls me and obviously one of the uh, folks in Auburn gave him my number. So he just calls me up out of the blue one day and, uh, he's got, you know, thick, heavy Jamaican accent. He's like, bro, you know, I, I'm, I'm thinking about getting a job down there. You know, is there a church down there? And, and I think this was totally the spirit, because I don't know, if he would have caught me on a different day, I might have been like, no, bro, you know, don't come, it's bad. But like, for some reason, you know, I, I replied with, bro, there's going to be an amazing church. There's going to be a, a, a church here, and it's going to be awesome. And, you know, I would love for you to be a part of it. Um, and I was like, right now, it's just me and my wife. And, uh, you know, we want to have a small group going, but... But I know God's going to do something. And it's crazy that, like, he ended up deciding to take that job, and he moved in. 
And then, then God really just brought other people. Then other disciples started coming in. And at some point I was like, what is going on here? Like we, we have like six or seven disciples here now. And, um, and I think like, it's just like, it just fed on itself. There was momentum. There was, you know, times where we're like, man, you know, we actually have a church here. And, um, and, you know, over the years, you know, it's been, um, it's been several years now since that, cause that was in 2012, but just over time, like God has continued to bring people in. Uh, a guy was baptized there and, and he's still just going strong and um and i think god is definitely using using that ministry and um you know at, at in the beginning we used to always go back to auburn uh, kind of the mothership for for churches but eventually you know we were working towards eventually you know our services would be three or four t- three times a month we would only go up to auburn you know maybe once a month and so i think god was definitely um growing and and, and using us to to grow his advance his kingdom there so no, I, I loved hearing stories about you guys out there because, I mean, w- when I first got to Auburn, there was 12 people total in the church. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, God did some great things, some of it using us, some of it in spite of us. Mm-hmm. You know, and and when, I, when I moved away four years later, we were at like 45 or 50 people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you turned around and went right back to super, super, super small um, right. in Montgomery, and that's just a totally different dynamic when you're a Christian and you don't have 100 people, 300 people, 500 people right. to kind of feed off of and to rely on and lean on. Right. You kind of feel isolated spiritually in a lot of ways, even if there are you know, a handful of other people there. Because it's like one person has a bad week, everyone now has a bad week. <laughs> everyone <laughs> is affected by everyone. Right. Um, so what were some things that you would do to kind of maintain your spiritual resilience to, to kind of weather the the highs and the lows of being out on, in like a mission field planting kind of group um, to just kind of make sure that you don't, you know, allow kind of your circumstances to dictate mm-hmm. how close right. you were to God or how committed you were to, to seeing it through. Um, oh, and, and I guess even, backtracking a little bit i just want to talk about jessica real quick i just really appreciate it because that was also the year you know i had some bad things going on but that's the year i got married to her so she was like a super big shot in the arm of encouragement and awesomeness um that also helped um just keep you know keep my spiritual head about me even uh even when i was feeling low um but just she she doesn't she doesn't take no for an answer (laughs) she's like what do you mean you're unspiritual no 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 yeah we're fix, fixing that now. That's I've right. I've been on the receiving end of those encouraging, yeah, conversations. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Thank you. No, Jessica, you're awesome. You're awesome. All right, go, go ahead. Continue. Julio. Yeah. So so no, I think um, some of the basic things were, you know, we're just gonna be committed to uh, being devoted to the fellowship. So you know, we would just make it. You know, not complain about it, and you know, not really you know, feel like oh, we can't do it this week, but just be committed to, you know, we're going to be there. Uh, we're going to be there at the the Bible studies. Uh, we're going to be there at Bible talk. Um, you know, we're going to go to meetings of the body. And I think um, for a long time, it's like, we're just going to do that. And, you know, if we can just make it from point A to point B, you know what? Um, God's going to do the rest. And um, so that, that was really important. I think, I think the other part too is just 
continuing to pray. And I mean, you, you got to stay grounded in the scriptures because I think um, you can get uh, discouraged. And um, and I really um, just appreciate too. Um, Auburn, you know, was still only 45 minutes away. And so the other thing I would say is, is relationships, right? So even though, yeah, you might be on a mission field, but, you know, relationships and even, you know, past relationships that you've already developed, you know, you can always pick up a phone and, and schedule and, and have times of where you're still getting open and still confessing sin and, and dealing with the issues you have so that, um, you know, you, you don't get, uh, your heart gets hard, you know. I think those are all great things. <laughs> yeah. No, I think those are all great. Um, and what I love so much about is, is this is more about just like relationships in the kingdom in general, is that the kind of the seed that you plant early on, uh, you have no idea the ways that it's going to bear fruit down the road, right? right? Like who would have known that, you know, six years after, you know, between living in the same city that now we're living... 15 minutes apart again. Right. And how cool that has been to like get together consistency and right. like see our kids start to grow up and, right. and things like that. Like right. that, it just blows my mind. And, and I remember when you moved, when you moved to Jacksonville thinking like, I, f- I feel like we just picked up where we left off. Right. Like, I don't feel like we really lost any time. Right. Even though we're two drastically different people now. Yep. Hopefully a little more weathered, a little more seasoned, <laughs> a little wiser. <laughs> right. Um, but it's just really cool how how that works out and that you don't really see that anywhere else. Like, right. I don't really keep up with any of any non, you know, brothers, non, non sisters, even people that were like really, really great friends in right. college and high school. Right. You know, even when we were living in Savannah, like the only people I really maintain connections with are the people that I, you walked with spiritually that I mm-hmm. was in Bible studies with, that I was yep. sharing my faith with, that I got open right. with. Like those are the people that I always... Right. look back on and think wow like that was that was really great and you know the funny thing is i think um i think i i heard that at least or or people told me that when i was first became a christian and you're like yeah okay i hear you you know we'll see and but i think now that you know having been a christian uh, 10 years it's it's like i'm starting to see that that it's like yeah you know um people are right you know it's like the Bible, when it talks about relationship, one another relationships, like, yeah, there's, there's something to this. So, yeah. Now I want to ask you, because you have a very optimistic demeanor just in general as a default, um, which I think is fantastic. And I wonder where do you think that comes from? Because it's not normal to just continue to be positive and thinking about God. I know for me, whenever I get like, even just like a cold, I'm like, oh God, why, why, what was me? You know, but you you seem to be very, very resilient and just very optimistic. And so, so I wonder if there was like something that you, you learned or a scripture you hold on to or, or an experience that you had that really shaped you in that way. Yeah, it's probably not one specific thing. I think it's a multitude of things. Um, I mean, I would even, you know, give credit to my parents. I think, uh, you know, so, so we actually, you know, immigrated to the United States. And I remember, um, I know, I know they worked really hard. Um, they had to, you know, basically recreate their life here. Um, and I remember just seeing my parents struggle and, and even though they're still, you know, still trying to take care of me. And so I remember them, you know, keeping a positive attitude, um, despite, you know, things. And, um, I know I've, I've had some challenges along the way, 
And, uh, you know, I think I've had to, um, you know, and especially after being a Christian, I, I always go back to scriptures. Um, I, I think of like Psalm 73, whom have I in heaven but you. And um, I just think that like, for me, it's like, I can always find comfort and rest um, in God. And when I go back to Him, that helps me just gain perspective and, and know that, you know, this world, it's temporary. <laughs> so, No, I think that's fantastic. I think that's a great, I think it's a great perspective. And something I always try and remember is, you know, that same thing. Like, yeah, it, it kind of stinks right now, but this isn't forever. And actually forever is going to be pretty awesome if we just ride it yeah, out and, and that's persevere. Right. That's right. So, so I want to wrap up asking you a couple questions. These are questions I love to ask all of my guests. Um, and so, so since you, you do listen to the podcast, you might have known <laughs> these were coming. Yes. Uh, um, what are some things that you do to stay close to God on a daily basis? Um, well, definitely pray. And, um, and I think like, I guess the more uh, I'm around as, as a Christian, I think a lot of times... Um, my prayers can be focused on myself, but I guess I'm realizing there's just, there's definitely a lot more than just myself. There's so many other people, so many other needs. I think about my family a lot. And so prayer for me is like a time where I can really, one, be vulnerable to God, um, share, you know, things that are in my heart that could be uh, just getting in the way of me, you know, being obedient to the scriptures and, and then also just laying, you know, different things and requests before him. Um, I think the thing recently that I've, I've really gotten on to uh, just really building spiritual disciplines. And so one of the things that I'm, that I'm trying to do now is that I'm trying to memorize scripture and really commit it, uh, uh, you know, put it inside of me so that at some point, you know, God can use it. And, and, um, and so it's like, you know, I want to do the work of, of actually trying to memorize and, and commit things to memory, but I'm going to trust that, you know, God is going to use it and pull it out uh, when, when I need it and for the, for the right situation. And so that, that's been a big thing, scripture memory. I think the other thing too, kind of going back to prayer is just the journaling. You know, I brought it up earlier, um, but it really is um, for me, uh, how would I say this? Um, it helps me just to keep perspective because um, some of the same thought patterns like I'll have over and over again, and, and it's not new, but what is awesome is to see when you zoom out a little bit um, and you look at, you know, years instead of, you know, hours and minutes um, that you can see that God is, God is working. I'm making progress, you know, and um, things are changing and, you know, I, I don't have to lose heart in the here and now but that um, I can remember that, you know, he's, he's a lot bigger than these problems I'm dealing with. Amen to that, man. Um, is there a particular book or spiritual book that you would say has had a, had a big impact on you? Um, it, I mean, the Bible, of course, but uh, I guess an another book that even, because uh, it's just recently, probably in the last uh, six months that I went to it, uh, when I went through it, was... Um, how to win friends and influence people by Dale Carnegie. And, um, and I just think that book, uh, I had heard about it. People like mentioned it to me. And for the longest time, I thought that book was like, well, how to be a cheesy salesman and like get people to do what you want. And, um, but when I, when I actually went through it, it was, 
it was definitely some some biblical concepts where you know we're trying to love people, and um, I think as disciples, like we should be good at that, and um, and it just really helped me to to learn more about you know taking responsibility and, and seeing uh, things from other people's point of view, and and really having uh, you know a, a desire to like you know, help people. And so I think that book just had a lot of practical stories from history and and just other things that just helped really reinforce um, what Jesus teaches. Yeah, that's one of those oldie but goodies. Right. You you just can't. (laughs) It's just so good. And so inspired so many other books as well. Definitely highly recommend it, especially if you're just kind of, uh, you know, attracted to those, that kind of learning of like, how I can become more intentional in my relationships both spiritually, personally, and professionally, and mm-hmm. and how to really be a mover and a shaker in the world. Right. Um, and then last but not least, what advice would you give to someone who wants to make an impact for God? Man, um, well, first, I would say uh, you got a lot going for you. Um, I think, uh, you know, if you're a Christian, like one, uh, God's going to be with you. Um, you know, he's going to set things up for you to win. And I think it's just you trusting him and not worrying about, you know, all the details being lined out and how things are going to work out, but you just taking those small steps of faith and, and just putting yourself out there. And so, and God's going to take care of the rest. Well, I hope you enjoyed that uh, just incredible conversation and have come to appreciate and admire Julio as much as I do. Uh, But before we wrap up this episode, I wanted to make sure that you knew about some new resources that I've recently created uh, for small group leaders. Now, I know how hard it is to try and balance work, time with your family, running errands, and everything else that life requires of you, and trying to check all the boxes to help the people in your group grow and do well spiritually. It it can very easily uh, feel unattainable. Uh, especially when you think about trying to get with everybody and follow up with people and plan great discussions and do activities. And it it just becomes a lot and it can be very stressful. And uh, so if if you're feeling stretched thin in your leadership and are looking for ways to maybe lead more effectively or more efficiently, then I would encourage you to just go to smallgroupmastery.com to download a free template that I've just created uh, it's called the Ultimate Bible Discussion Template. So, and and it really is like a great resource. It's the same template that I use to create every of every one of my group discussions. And I've gotten into the place where I can routinely plan an engaging one hour discussion in like fifteen minutes. So, which is which is great. I haven't been able to replicate that yet in my sermon prep, but for my discussions, I've been able to use this template to to really crank those things out. So even if I'm running up against the gun and all that time I had devoted to putting together a discussion got sucked up with something else, you know, like going to the grocery store or taking my car to the garage or, you know, the shop or something like that. I can still plan great discussions for my group. And so, so you can definitely go and get that for free. I highly encourage you to do that over at smallgroupmastery.com. And then once you do that, you'll be able to uh, check out my, my new kind of bonus, you know, souped up small group leader secrets plus package. Uh, I wrote a book called small group leader secrets last summer, uh, which has gone on to do extremely well. I'm very excited about all the positive feedback I get on the things that I teach in that book. 
Um, so you can get the both the audio and the ebook versions of that book, as well as some additional resources that I put together that will uh, turn you into a Bible discussion ninja. <laughs> so if that's at all interesting to you, if you want to learn more about that, again, just go to smallgroupmastery.com to check it out. Well, that is it for today. Make sure to smash that subscribe button so you don't miss any future episodes. I want to give a special thanks again to all of my patrons who help keep this podcast ad-free. We have a Facebook group. If you didn't know that, we have one. It's a great place to talk about the podcast and to to uh, you know send me ideas for future episodes. So if you're not a part of that group yet, just click on the link in the show notes and ask to join. Every day is an opportunity to grow closer to God and make a positive impact on the people around you. Take action with what you've learned and help make the world a little more like heaven. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you soon.